Internet, trainers, and Pokemon of all genders, welcome to Pikapi Podcast. This is a Pokemon anime show. We go through every single episode of the anime, talking about Ash's journey and people's character development and the life lessons that Pokemon gave us. Sometimes, lessons they gave us completely unintentionally. But today we are on episode 59 of Advanced Generation. That's in the Hoenn region, Magnetric Charge. And we're just going to move right along and get started. So, last episode, Ash did a rare bit of foreshadowing. I know, it's not often stuff happens in this show that forces you to watch them in order. Um, I mean, it is a kid's show, and it's made well before the streaming era, and small children, like, say, 10 and under, don't really get to decide when they watch TV, um, especially before streaming was a thing. Um, you know, they try to. Little kids really try to, but ultimately it is up to uh, their parents and their babysitters, you know, the people watching them more than anything, um, whether or not they get to watch TV and what they get to watch. Like, they don't have the autonomy over their lives to say, like, at every day at three o'clock, I'm going to sit down and watch my show no matter what, because, you know, the parents are the ones who decide, well, today is a doctor's appointment or family time or you've got homework or I don't like that show that you want. No, they're the ones who are going to say, well, you didn't do your chores first, so, you know, you don't get to watch right now. I want the TV. And the really little kids don't even view time in that way, like set TV schedules. What does three o'clock even mean? And am I going to remember that three o'clock, that time when the big hand reaches this and the little hand reaches that, is the same time the next day that I need to bug, you know, my guardian to let me watch the television? This is an actual problem, or not problem, but um, situation that writers and TV show producers uh, faced back in the days before streaming, especially. Um, And one they still face to a degree today. The fact that little kids are living in a world that we adults do not live in. The fact that they have different attention spans. The fact that, again, their parents are the ones dictating whether or not they watch a thing. And one they have to consider when they're writing shows and making scripts. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily superfluous, um, but it is changing in the streaming era. Um, And that's a really fascinating development to be aware of. Whether I'm right or wrong in any of my opinions, um, this, this situation, this issue, is something worth considering. And little moments like this where Ash um, references 
in a past episode what is going to come next, knowing that the same kids that watched that one episode might not still be watching this next episode, is an interesting choice. But anyway, making good on my foreshadowing about foreshadowing, last episode, Ash took a few moments to express his plans and his joy of seeing Watson again and that little Electrike puppy Pokemon that they had run into when they last were in that city. Um, but there's other fun things in Marvel City to entertain the kids besides uh, meeting up with old friends. A carnival is in town, and of course they want to have some fun there, so they call out all the Pokemon and decide to make a day of it. Ash and Max run ahead. May had wanted to go shopping, but Brock points out that you can shop at a carnival. There's usually a lot of cool booths and unique vendors, and with that, the plan is made that, you know, everything is derailed for this carnival. Now, definitely, I would um give each of these vendors uh, a look over before approaching their booth, just to, you know, check for certain traits in common with certain inept mafia members who keep stalking you. Uh, but, you know, Team Rocket's disguise game is apparently effective as it is epic, so. <laughs> uh, you know, recently my little niece and nephew have discovered Pokemon, so we sometimes watch together and it always surprises me what they respond to and laugh at. And one of those things that gets them the most excited is spotting Team Rocket in a wacky disguise in the background of the scene. So, odd as it is that Team Rocket keeps somehow managing to fool everybody with their disguises, um, this show is doing something right. The kids are happy. Anyway, May sees a box for holding contest ribbons on sale at a certain booth, with two vendors dressed in Pokemon costumes that cover their very iconic hair. I'm sure we've never met them. Speaking of never met, Ash hasn't really introduced Torkoal to the rest of the team. This is an area of life where Ash is sometimes a bit hit or miss. Like, sometimes he catches a Pokemon and immediately he's like, yo, everyone out of your Pokeballs and meet our new friend. And other times it, like, slips his mind until several days later and he's like, oh, right, everybody, uh, you have a new brother. <laughs> and it's interesting. So Torkoal, he comes into this scene uh, crying jubilantly and blowing smoke. Not only does Torkoal quickly make friends with all the other Pokemon, its smoke repulses Team Rocket, and that alone makes Torkoal the MVP of the team. It has kidnap immunity for sure. Time to check out the carnival games! Brock plays a soccer challenge and lives out his football dreams, and Torkoal wants to try too. Yes, it has stubby little legs and can't possibly kick the ball, but Ash is a supportive parent. Torkoal manages to rear up on its hind legs, standing just like Brock did, swings its leg back to kick just like Brock, but uh, that is not how its body is built, so Torkoal just biffs it. And of course, bursts into tears over it. But luckily for its enthusiasm, there are other games to play, and the Pokemon play alongside their humans, ring-tossing and hitting targets with water guns, playing a version of Dance Dance Revolution. Obviously, uh, sometimes the Pokemon, particularly Ashes, rub each other the wrong way, so he's got to put out some fires. I really like the way Ash uh, matures in Hoenn, like, We've talked about how the group dynamic changes with May and Max in there with Ash and Brock versus how it was with Misty. But there's also a difference between Ash and Pikachu and the rest of the team, with them being more experienced travelers and battlers and the Pokemon being novices. Ash basically took a level in parenthood. Like, 
he is the authority figure. He's the one in charge of everybody's well-being, and that's not something you would have wanted back in Indigo. He and his Pokémon were very much, uh, peers, screwed up and figuring out the screwed up world together. And Ash had only a very tenuous grip on authority, uh, that people only sometimes listened to. But now that take charge role and, and, and making sure that everybody's okay and, and emotionally stabilizing people when there's a fight, all those things, it really seems to suit him. He's become very gentle in that way. I really think that comes across in vocal performance, too. That's something that I've always very much loved about um, Rika Matsumoto's portrayal of Satoshi, but also Veronica Taylor's uh, portrayal of Ash. Like, I think Veronica Taylor especially, like, really nails that side of Ash. That is, you know, very much a, a fun, brash little boy, but can flip a switch into being, like, very compassionate and sweet and caring and in a, in a way that is still very young. I, I really admire it. Anyway, moving on to the obvious point, this carnival is run by Team Rocket. The whole thing. It's all a plot to kidnap Pokemon, which is sad, because once again, it seems that Team Rocket was succeeding at a legitimate business venture. But sadly, they gotta be themselves. They unleash tidal waves of water, take control of props and objects. I assume it's all done by magnets, who knows? And of course, the old standby, uh, nets. But they have planned this out, and capture almost all of the twerps' Pokémon is quite the haul. Through the power of their scientifically unexplainable equipment, Team Rocket is now flying away in the balloon, dragging a net full of the kids' Pokémon. And this is kind of what I mean about the adult lens and having to step back sometimes and remember what you're watching isn't meant for you, because it's a kid's show, and it's also hilarious, and the adult nerd in me just demands still things like continuity and schematics and how do these things work. Like, I'm just chafing at these carnival prop weapons. But again, it's not meant for me. It's meant for little kids who just think this is fun. And I do have this image of the writer's room at Pokemon, like, okay, this happens, and then this is gonna happen. And it's like, sure, ma'am, but how? How? Eh, who cares? Just say everything came to life! And they're like, yeah! That's great! While I poke fun at it, like, think of that level of freedom that they must have in that writer's room. Like, every ridiculous idea is on the table. It's like, okay, so, so Satoshi's hammer is going to come to life and it's going to make him win the carnival game and that's going to trigger a net which targets all of his Pokémon at least 10 feet away. Absolutely, that's the best idea ever. Ooh, and then for the Team Rocket theme, they're going to kick a soccer ball like their own carnival game. Yes, genius, keep them coming. And then you watch the show, and indeed, once it's animated, it is hilarious. And the small children are laughing. So despite my nerd self chafing, because I don't understand how these machines work, my nerd self might just be wrong. Anyway, none of the Pokémon can break through the net with their attacks. Team Rocket planned for everything. Or so they thought. One thing they didn't actually plan for was reinforcements. Ash mentioned wanting to see Watt and Watson again, right, uh, when they got to Mallville City, and this is Mallville City. And as long as we're talking about writers' rooms... Nothing a writer loves more than to drop something that pays off later. So Watt, Watson, and Electrite come running up. Somehow, we'll figure out how they knew Ash was in trouble from all the way across the city. But they are here, 
and Electrike attacks the balloon. I mean, Team Rocket uh, prepared for Pikachu. Like, that balloon is fine. But then it makes me wonder how many times Team Rocket electrifies their balloon or fireproofs it or, you know, whatever they do to make it immune to attacks. And then the attack in question never happens, so it never comes up in the episode. Like, they go through all the trouble to electric-proof their balloon, and then Ash just uses Bulbasaur, and Team Rocket's like, oh, what a waste of money, why didn't we? Why didn't we spring for the grass-proofing? Like, ugh, what a waste of money. Or contrastly, they spend all this money to get the thing grass-proofed, and it's like, well, how did I know he wasn't gonna call out Trico? But one thing Team Rocket wasn't able to invest in was the reinforcement against brute force. Assistant Watt has an Ampharos, who knows Iron Tail, and it cuts through the rope attaching the net to the balloon. The net falls, Pokémon are free. Everyone's safe, so all we have to do is blast off the balloon, and electricity is Ash and Watt and Watson's favorite method. After all, no matter how many times Team Rocket electric proofs their balloon, overloading the system is always an option. Three electric Pokémon, Team Rocket's gonna need a better fuse breaker. But in happier news, Electrike evolves into Magnetric! Oh, happy day! Torkoal's certainly supportive, crying with joy. And their trainers... Well, Watson's Pokémon just evolved. Ash just caught a new Torkoal an episode or two ago. Both of them are eager to see what these two Pokémon can do. Why not have a friendly match? So it's Ash versus Watson. We don't need the badge, but we're back here again. And it's not just them. May gets some positive affirmation on how she's been raising Skitty, and Watt wants to battle with Ampharos. So we all head back to the Mauville gym. It's been remodeled. You may or may not remember, Watson has this hobby of turning his gym into a series of traps for fun. And he's had all this time to work on new ones, so tread carefully, Ash. Anyway, they make it in presumably through the back door, and it's May and Skitty up first versus Ampharos. I know, how did we get Ash to wait his turn when a Pokemon battle with a gym leader was on the line? Well, he didn't go quietly. Eventually, Max played to his ego and told him the main event always comes last. Ampharos may look really strong, but May decides to have Skitty take the offensive. It may be a sign of her confidence. It could also be a sign that she trains with Ash and watches him model training behavior, and, um... You know, he's only barely learned patience from Brawly. Patience and defense are... are definitely things he does. But I wouldn't say he or Pikachu use them as a core strategy. It's a very good move for her, though. Skitty gets in first with double slap and then tackle, so they're off to a strong start. But even with that, even with dodging attacks, Ampharos can redirect its lightning. So Skitty dodges, but Ampharos's electricity changes direction and the attack connects. And then Ampharos uses Iron Tail. Surely, Ash and Pikachu are on the sidelines, like, TAKE NOTES! Anyway, it looks bad for Skitty. But, as often does, Assist comes to the rescue. It pulls a quick attack from Torchic and bops Ampharos right in the face. And then a very gleeful Skitty just double slaps Ampharos until it falls. So take that. May gets a lot of encouragement and compliments, which surely help her confidence issues. And a bit of backseat driving from Brock, much in the way he often does to Ash. That's how you know you're improving when Brock starts raining on your parade with constructive criticism that you didn't really ask for, and you kind of already knew. 
But anyway, with that done, Ash is like, so, so, and Watson's like, so, yeah, we doing this? The two of them eagerly take their places for a match. But while they set up, you may have wondered what Team Rocket is up to. Or you might not have. I actually didn't until until their scene came up. Um, but, you know, this city has a gym, and gym leaders have tons of powerful Pokemon. Surely they can break in and steal them. I mean, they're not wrong. But the first major flaw in this plan is that they saw Ash earlier today in this city. Why do they think he'd be anywhere but the gym? Like, this isn't going to go well. But in their own words, not knowing when to give up is the mark of a good villain. So, good luck to them. They'll need it, remember, Watson's gym is booby-trapped to the nines. So while they ride the world's worst roller coaster, it gives Torkoal and Magnectric a chance to stretch their skills. They have a lot of fun, and so do their trainers. Torkoal doesn't have the maneuverability of, say, Pikachu, but Ash is just vibing with Torkoal's endless supply of smoke and flame. Torkoal can blast through a lot of stuff, and it's so passionate. Meanwhile, Magnetric is charging up electric energy, so it's a power contest. Will Torkoal's overheat, which loses power over subsequent attacks, do the job better before Magnetric's charge builds up power over time? And in the end, Patience wins out and Torkoal falls, but it was a good match nonetheless. Both Pokémon going all out, they had great fun. And they didn't even have to deal with Team Rocket since our trio got stuck in Watson's funhouse and are trying to catch his robotic Raikou. I almost wish they did succeed and give that to the boss, although I'm sure Giovanni would find a way to make us regret it. After the match, Watt gives May some advice about a contest coming up in nearby Verdant Turf Town. And after plugging it into the Pokenav, they decide that's the next course of action. A contest for May, and then... Petalburg City. Oh, heck yeah. Like, I am here for May's plot. I am starting to warm up to her stories during this series more than I ever did when I was first watching this show. But oh my gosh, Petalburg City, that's gonna be good. There were some fantastic story beats in that little arc. I just can't wait. So, in the meantime, thank you for listening to this show. You can find it uh, anywhere where fine, fine RSS feeds are caught like the Apple Podcasts and the and the Podkickers and the like. And until next time, this has been Peek Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. Pikachu!